Hello. Hey, Merlin. How are you doing uh, this uh, lovely morning? I'm uh, doing great, Dan. How are you? I'm, how doing, is, all, I'm how, doing all right. How's, how's it on your block? Are you playing stickball? <laughs> I remember stickball. <laughs> Real skinny kid. Always stealing the stickball. Everybody hated stickball. Hi, I'm doing a one-man show here on Broadway. Broadway with two Bs. Okay, hey, how are you? Hey, I'm all right. I'm all Damn right. It. Uh, I, it's usually not, almost always not interesting to talk about audio problems. But Except we're, today. Uh, in which is going to be fascinating to talk about. Mm-hmm. We've got a, uh, as, as Dan says in England, a fly in the ointment. Oh, you know? yes. We've got a spanner in the works. Mm. But I think we can, uh, we can bring it in and uh, we'll be wheels down in about one hour. Once again, I want to thank you for uh, flying with Dan and me. Hey! So the reason, the only reason that is even vaguely interesting is, um, I don't, I'm not, I'm not ready to go super into it right now. I think okay. I mentioned this a little bit, but um, I'm doing some new projects. Um, some doing some new fun things. And one of them is I'm going to try and get back into doing music things. Ooh, excellent. So that is how I, I think, screwed up my, uh, my tech stack regarding audio. But, so what, where, where are you now? With the project? With, with the, with the audio. With the audio. Yeah, with uh, the audio. I mean, would you feel oh, comfortable well, with, with where things are right now as they stand? or You, you... and me as, as brothers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what For, I meant. Forged in war? You and me? <laughs> Buddy, there's a reason they give a fella two soldiers. Two, mm. <laughs> two shoulders. I didn't sleep very well Are you all right? Are you, do you need to lay down? <clears throat> I might need to lay down. I, and then, you know, I've been struggling. No, but it's really cool. I am. Um, I've been uh, just thinking about my uh, my various technology things, and uh, but also really just wanting to do some new projects and have uh, some fun. So, like I say uh, before we started recording, I was telling you I got this uh, oh Audient ID four uh, for plugging in um, my electric guitar, and I'm using a modern version of GarageBand, not the version from 2013 that I usually use, and it's really super fun. Um, and so, but it also has hurt my professional career with you. By well, I mean, today. Well, we're, we're, that's easily recoverable. How low can a person go? What are you up to? What's going on in your neck of the woods? What are you excited uh, what's about? Going on? Well, I mean, uh, you know, I've, I've, uh, I don't know where to start. I, exciting. I don't know what's exciting, but I can tell you I'm, I've been working hard on some new fireside stuff. We're coming out with some new plans, a lot of new features, and some some big stuff coming later in the year. So that's kind of, you know, obsessing me a little bit. Um, I uh, We're still doing episodes of the Picard, I want to mention. Picard.fireside.fm right. if you're enjoying uh, that show. I restarted the podcast method. That's exciting, isn't it? That's worth mentioning. That, that is exciting. People love that. That And tell people what you do on there. Uh, that's a show that I started back in like 2015 and I did it for a couple years and then I, I, took a, I took a break. I took a break for about two or three years because the funny thing is at the time I felt like, well, I talked about all the stuff that was going on in podcasting. I'd shared what I knew and, uh, and I felt like it was, you know, I could take, take a break for a little bit. But so much is happening in podcasting now, as you know, and it, it seemed like a fun time to bring it back because there's something new and interesting to talk about all the time. And so people mm-hmm. uh, had often asked me over the years, is it coming back? Is it coming back? And I would say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But now it's back and I've done a couple episodes. I've got a new one coming out today. And uh, so it's great fun to come back to it. And the audience has been so encouraging 
saying thank you for bringing it back or people writing to say like I started podcasting because of the show that which is like the coolest thing in the world so mm-hmm. that's at podcastmethod.fm I'll put it into the show notes and I would love it if any if anyone is interested in podcasting or the the podcasting industry or just they are a podcaster uh gosh I would love it if you would uh, have a listen to it I would love to get um get your feedback and thoughts on it so that's in the latest I put the link to it in the latest episode, our episode, where where could people find show notes for that? What are we on, 465 already? Uh, diggity 465 of your uh, Back to Work program. You would go to 5by5.tv slash B2W. That's B as in boys, uh, two is in the number, W as in walrus, slash 465. Nice. Four, so six, go there five. and you'll get, you'll get the links for this episode that we're doing right now. Will you entertain a question? Will I entertain a question? Will you entertain a question? Yes, of course. So uh, in the time since you took a break from doing podcast method, um, this question is directed at you, but it's about who you perceive to be your audience. Ah. Uh, uh, Tell me about what you think has changed for those people, those people then, those people now. uh, I mean, obviously, I'm trying to get away from, hey, cereal happened and people love it. Right. Like, but like from from the point of view of somebody, especially who wants to make podcasts or, you know, maybe has a passing interest in how it's done. But especially, I'm guessing, fair to say, people who listen to your show either already make podcasts where they want to make them better or they want to get started. Right. 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 Exactly. So what's changed for them in the last five or so years? Well, you know, I think that uh, I think back in, in, in the ancient times, like three years ago podcasting people knew about it. I mean, it was, it was ramping up, but like I was just, Mm -hmm. one of the things I was actually talking about on the latest episode of podcast method is how many people there was some, um, there was a chart that uh, someone had created that was talking about how many more people are listening to podcasts now and how like it's not quite doubling every year, but it's, it's almost doubling every year and how many people will report that they've listened to a podcast within the last month. And, you know, a few years ago that was, oh, mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was like 10 million people and now it's like 40 million people. Like it's, it's really, really growing and it's growing very quickly. And so as a result of that, everybody kind of seems to know what a podcast is. Five years ago, people say, what do you do? I make podcasts. What do you, what do you mean? What does that mean? What's a podcast? Or if they knew what a podcast was, Mm -hmm. they still didn't necessarily know like how a person might make a living doing something like that. Mm -hmm. And now of course it's everywhere and all the buzz is podcasts. But as a result of that, we have much, much better tools to use, whether they're more of like, um, do you say road or roadie? When you're talking about the company that makes microphones, Rode or I don't know. I'm not familiar with that, Mark. Uh, I don't. I think uh, I feel like it's from um, you know maybe Sweden. Sweden, maybe. Usually, when you see one of those, I don't know. I'm gonna say Rode. I say Rode. I say Rode. It's confusing. I say Rode Podcaster, which is right. Right. That's the mic I had forever. The big white. uh, Yeah. Yes. The Rode. The Rode Podcaster is confusing for lots of reasons. It's like the opposite of people saying Pod. Uh, which is terrible. I, I know. know I should do that. That's really super bad. Thank but you. But you say, oh, what kind of mic you use? Podcaster. Oh, what do you do? Podcaster. What do you want for lunch? Podcaster. Sounds right. crazy. Yeah. Well, now, that, like, that like was they a revolution. Have... I used that until I was, I, like, I, maybe, I was. I bet I was using that when we started the show. I, I would not be surprised at No, all. you were using that. And, mm-hmm. and so now they have one called, like, the Pod Mic, which is a dynamic mic, but it's, like, it's 99 bucks. You can... Connected to a boom arm, it, it has its own little stand. 
I mean, hmm. for $99, you can get this. What I have not personally tried it, but I've heard audio samples of it. And I want to try one of these. For 99 bucks, you can get this real, I'll put it in the show notes. You get this really rugged, really mm-hmm. well-made road dynamic mic. Like we did not have this mic a, a couple years. I don't even know if it's available yet, but like we did not have, yeah, this one is. They came out with another one also that's a condenser style for the same style thing. Like there's so many products now. There's so many services, mm. whether it's Fireside or where else ever you want to host your stuff. You can host your podcast for free now. There's tons and tons of you know, classes that you can take that teach people how to do it and get better. Like, and, and then they just announced this thing, which is creating, I I talk most of the show about this. This is hugely controversial. This podcast Academy, Hmm. it sounds like a school. It's not a school. It's an Academy, like Academy awards. Um, Well, like a Webby. Yeah, but for podcasts and we didn't actually like, did we need podcast awards? But and the people behind it, they're all the big players like Spotify and other things like that. <laughs> and, uh, and and so people are upset because there's no indies being represented and other things like that. And it's um, it's, yeah, that, it's that's not that's not what they think of as podcasting. No, no. I think with those folks and I, I don't want to draw with too broad a brush, but uh, I think they are very much thinking about how do we. I almost want to say, how do you make podcasts the new PBS? But that's not exactly what I mean. Right. I mean, in terms of prestige, you, they, I think people are trying to generate a limited series, <laughs> half hour long, 30, you know, one or two sponsor breaks, but a, but a, a medium to large breakout hit is what they're looking for. They're mm-hmm. not looking for, you know, two guys making poop jokes. No. Yeah. I don't know. But you know, it's it's very know. very different world and a very different landscape for podcasters. It's easier for the people than, making them as well. It's the, yes. the tools have changed, the services have changed. Okay. What I say is that it's easier than ever to become a podcaster, but it's even harder than ever to get your podcast heard by people, and that's mm-hmm. the big challenge that everyone has now. Is right. is how are we going to? You know, because like even even podcast method itself, which at its peak was getting, I don't know, 50,000 downloads, maybe an episode mm-hmm. uh, now, a couple thousand because it's new and people need to refine it. But how are they going to find it now when there is a million other podcasts that they could be listening to, you know? Right. right. And so many, I mean, it's so many are to me, at least from my reading of it, they're so demographically astute. But also so <laughs> uh, motivationally transparent. Like we had a challenge on Dubai Friday a year or two ago of, I forget, but something involving go and uh, find some new podcast to listen to. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I think it was a self-help podcast episode. <clears throat> and oh my goodness, Dan. It, it's just, it, it, it's, you, you ever go to the app store for you know the Mac or iOS app store, and you know exactly what you want, so you search for it and you get it. You go another time and you try to find some, find something like, oh, I got to find the app that controls this smart home dingus, and you see like all these terrible, terrible apps, all these terrible, terrible games. Games. It's it's like this weird mall that I never walk into, even though it like there's, it's right outside my bathroom. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's 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 so nuts, and I I feel like it's like that with podcasts too. There's so much just scammy, weird, dumb stuff. Yeah. That almost just it feels like a content farm or it's there to promote something. Anyway, I don't want to be a sourpuss about it. I, um, I'm glad you're doing that again. I think it will benefit people. And I think it's really helpful to give, to be able to share with people some kind of focus about 
I don't know, this is an old point for me, but it means a lot to me. Help people learn what to pay attention to and what not to pay attention to, what to worry about, what not to worry about. Because when you're looking at a new sort of avocation from the outside, it's, it can be so different from when you get into it. And I, I'm actually thinking about, kind of thinking about these some orthogonal themes having to do with this making music project. One reason I'm tired and out of it is I stayed up kind of late last night writing uh, some stuff about this. Oh. And I was, th- well, I was just, no, I was just thinking about the history of my, my and I had in this kind of a uh, flash of like realizing these different eras of me committing something to media. And like each one of those was so special, right? Like being a super, super little kid uh, and having, we had this RCA tape recorder with, and I remember uh, it, you know, the usually, usually the, you know, you got to press down record and play. Right. And it's usually like a red button. Yeah. The little like, red, red button on the thing you press, but the same time as play well, and it records it. Not this one though. It was so early seventies that it was a tan button. Oh. That, that you click with the white tan and white <laughs> together we learned to read and write but that i would record with that i would listen i would <clears throat> when i took my nap in the afternoons um my mom tells me anyway because i was too young to really super remember although i kind of feel like i remember i would always just listen to the same sesame street um cassette mm-hmm. but then later on i would interview i interviewed my dad like about a year before he died and i still have a tape of me interviewing my dad and asking him about what he was like as a kid uh, or I would hold that up. The thing that made me think of this, uh, I started to write this, and then I, a YouTube video came up about the monkeys, and I suddenly remembered I would be ready to record, like right next to the TV. This, you understand, this is the, I'll send you a photo of this thing, it'd be good show art. But you, you, isn't that insane? I would wait, and so I'd be able to get like Daydream Believer recorded. Off the the five cent TV speaker. And I did that for so many things. I would record TV theme songs (laughs) so I could listen to them. But at that time, those tapes were so precious. And like you would have to go over and over. My mom's not going to buy me a fresh, you know, Max L every time I want to do. So anyway, there's that. Uh, I would do some more thing with recording off the radio when I was in uh, high school. I couldn't afford a lot of records. And so um, on the, uh, there's a community radio station in Tampa called WMNF. And that's, can, I discovered them in coincidence with my getting more into like, you know, what, what they then called college rock. And I would, I would tape radio shows. Finally, I used to, I used to simulate bouncing by using two different boom boxes cook, hooked up through the headphone cable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, so basically, you know how you bounce on a four track, you bounce from, th- you, if you choose, you can bounce from three to one, you can bounce from, you know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about, right? Yes, I do. Or, for, or from four to four, or like, no, three tracks, three tracks, one open, three to one, two to one, et cetera. And you can do these mega bounces, like these Brian Wilson style bounces. But yeah. And, and the thing is it, the roller was a little bit, I guess, slow. So it sped up a little bit right, every right. time. I, I recorded. So I had a, a knockoff Tom Scholl's Rockman, totally knockoff, used knockoff Rockman, which is like this amazing little thing where you plug in your guitar and you plug in your headphone cable and it sounds, uh, you sound a little bit like you're in Boston. It's really cool. Um, <laughs> so I would, I would cover. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take a ride on the other side. And so, uh, why am I telling you all this? I don't know. I'm tired. Um, but you know that how, whether and how we commit things to any kind of media ends up 
becoming kind of a big deal in all of our lives. If you look at that, it's stuff like, wow, I wish I'd taken more pictures of grandma before she got sick. Or, you know, I wish I, I wish I had, um, shot more videos of my kid or whatever it is. But then for yourself, I don't know. I think it's, it's still kind of special. I was listening to an old, uh, as, as I do every day, I listen to a lot of my brother, my brother and me, and I was listening to an old one. And I, I think they've said several times that at least Justin was using the microphone. Is it Rockstar? Is that the game? Yes. I yeah, think so. Like, <laughs> so how cool is it? Like, could you take the Rockstar drums and go out and be a drummer? That'd be tough unless you have a very specific kind of audience. Yes. But you could take the microphone from Rock Band, take the microphone, and you can start recording a podcast that becomes your career. I think that's so cool. And that's whoever it is, the big, big podcast that wants us in their pocket. There's, there's, they're not going to ruin this for a while, at least for us who will enjoy it no matter what. But I mean, we've got, we've got time, but I, you know, the consensus I think is that we don't want those big, powerful entities that are driven by commercial gain and, and profit to come in and, and, you know, like the big, the big thing that happened with, uh, the Simmons, the, the ringer that got acquired by uh, Spotify, you know, people are like, well, good for him. But at the same time, there's other people who are like, well, I don't like, is that, is that really good for podcasting? Do we really want some company to start buying up all of the good content shops and it owns them now? And now it controls the content. I mean, it's a, it's a great move for Spotify because up until now, what has Spotify been doing? They've been paying money to get content from artists. Mm-hmm. Now Anything we're not giving it to them. Yep. We're just yep. giving it to them. Here, take my content. Please put it on your platform, sir. And mm-hmm. they're just sitting back and watching the cash roll in. And is is that the gatekeeper that we want for podcasting? Do we need one? Right. right. I have really... Um Let's not do this too long because that's probably kind of boring. But um, I, I have really mixed feelings about this. For example, like um, I said before, until I, I sound like a loser, um, the openness, independence, the uh, the thing that makes podcasts unique is that it, they they can and should be uh, free, as in several things. And um, that's the thing, though. Like you and I both have Patreons that have content that you have to unlock by paying. Right. I'm not blameless. We had we take ads um, for uh, for most of the shows that I'm on. Um, I mean, there's all kinds of ways in which we are we're part of the big system. And I, if you're looking for sort of like the <laughs> the most vegan of podcasters who's never taken a bite of cow, it's not me. Um, but my concern with the stuff like the Spotify is that they're going to, what do they say, flood the zone. And I, it's not cool to think about a future where people who have gotten into podcasting through an app. Right. Uh, and by the time it becomes a lobster trap, or probably better still, a portcullis, I don't know. But by the time, by the time um, you, you get where you kind of want to be, you can start increasingly have fewer things that are free as in anything. And, you know, and that's kind of bad. So far, that has failed miserably. Um I'm sorry to say, in some cases, like Amazon's attempted at podcast was so weird. Yeah, it was. And I really wanted to listen to uh, Alexis Coe and uh, Elliot Kalin had this really good show about the presidents. Um, and I don't know, just the whole thing was so strange. And, you know, you, you have this trade off where you you give away so much in terms of people having time to learn to love your show for free. Mm-hmm. 
you know? I mean, didn't Ricky Gervais, wasn't he like one of the first people to like start selling episodes of his show? I don't know if he was one of the first, but I remember when he did that. And I think it was, you know, there's like something... 10 episodes. I don't know if he invented this, but or his team. But um, yeah, it was like there would be like maybe 10 episodes available at a given time and the rest were for pay. Yeah, I remember Radiolab uh, did that too. Mm-hmm. Like you could this get their American latest. Life did that. Yes, yes, This American Life. I think it was like, you know, the latest 10 episodes, you get those. But then if you want to go to the back catalog, you have to, you know, subscribe or pay or, or whatever. And I'm, I don't have a problem and with that. And um, they're doing, they're almost certainly doing DAU for all of those episodes. So yeah. the Ava, um, what's it called? Um, the in- audio insertion or whatever it's called. Dynamic audio insertion is usually D-A- how I oh, hear D-A-I. it. Oh, yeah. DAI. DAI, yeah. Um, yeah. And so that, but how do you learn to love something? Like I, 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 when I get into a podcast, I get so excited and I just want to go voraciously burn through all of those. Right. I don't know. It's, it's weird. I mean, I I don't, I have no problem with some podcasts being free and others being for pay. I don't care. I don't like it's If, if someone wants just the same thing, like with a newsletter, like people think, well, newsletter should be free, but some of the very best newsletters out there cost some money. Yeah, and, that's a thing. And that's fine. I, I have a number of friends now who their full-time living, their full-time job is doing a newsletter. And I, I mean, that's their writers. Wild. They come out with it. Some do it every day. Some do it a couple <laughs> few times a week. And, you know, like things like that, like I, I absolutely love that. I, lo- I if, if I had it my way, I wouldn't do any sponsors on any podcast ever. And I would have them all be listener supported because when you have a listener supported show you're only first of all you're highly accountable to your listeners which i like but at the same time you're only accountable to your listeners you mm-hmm. know and it's it's not like we're on here bashing our sponsors or our sponsor competitors but there is that there is that notion that if you're if your listeners are supporting you then you have that true creative freedom and the freedom of voice and thought to say or think or share Whatever you want. And if that bothers a listener, if they don't like it, then they can go away. And if listeners do like it, then they can, they can pay for that. And you have this really, really interesting. But they can also, if it's, if it's free, they can also tell their friends. They can. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, it's, you know, you can tell Marco, I feel like Marco is, uh, our friend Marco is, I don't know, I think he's such an interesting guy. He really practices what he preaches as far as I know anyway, which is that, you know, his, he realizes that podcasts were able to get good and able to get big because they were free and open, mm-hmm. but they were hard to share. So he's done stuff like add features that makes it easier to share a portion of audio or even just a timestamp. It was such a big deal to have a podcast app that made it easy to share a timestamp with somebody. Um, and so I, I think that it's, I mean... <laughs> I don't want to be too stark about it, but is your app and service designed to move us closer to closing a door or does your app and service move us closer to things being open, to not being difficult to get into something that a lot of people love is a question. Give us a, you know, it's so hard to share. It's hard to discover podcasts and it's hard to share podcasts. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. kind of the, the, the two big challenges that remain, uh, you know, discovery and shareability. And, you know, the, people have tried so, so many different solutions for this. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they're, one of the things that, that I've seen that actually worked, works on me anyway uh, are what they call audiograms, which are like um, 
you know, like headliner uh, app makes makes these for you. But basically you uh, you you use one of these services and you upload your MP3 file to the service. You select the clip that you want. So you say, OK, I want from minute twenty one oh five to minute twenty two thirteen. And that's your clip. And then it lets you upload an image or it'll use the cover art and it puts like a little waveform over it as people are talking. And some of them will even transcribe the, mm-hmm. uh, the text. Wow. And then it's, it's created this little, and the benefit or the point of that, especially if it, you pick like a 30 second clip is that it's very easy to share that on platforms like Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a little, you know, I think for the, for regular people, it it's better than doing something like sharing, like, um, you know, overcast makes it easy to, to get that share page where it starts playing at a clip, you know, mm-hmm. that's built, that's built into a lot of hosts, that feature as well. But if you're using the overcast app, like you could do it right from the app, but having something like headliner, or one of those audiograms is even better because it it's, it's very difficult to make a podcast visual other than just showing the image, you know? So mm-hmm. by showing a waveform on it, there's some visual action by having the text kind of transcribed going across. It makes it look like cool that something's like happening here and people are more likely to click on it and listen to it but that does not always translate directly into someone like downloading your episode or subscribing to your show it's so hard to get to get that to happen like i'm going to recommend the tv show on hbo the outsider to you i'm really really enjoying this show so here here i am that's good a guy talking to another guy saying this is a show that i like you should listen and then Mm -hmm. maybe you'll go and do that the next time you're looking for for or watch rather here's something you want to watch the next time you've got some time to do it That's how podcasts are being shared. But the difference is that's kind of the only way that people are really discovering is like a friend says to another friend or they're going and looking maybe at the podcast, Apple podcast ratings on the shows, maybe, you know, it's so hard to get a new show, even for people like me who've been doing this now full time uh, since 2008 Mm-hmm. You would think, well, it's easy, Dan could just launch a show. Of course people do it. Or, but no, it, it's really not like that at all. I have the same challenge of launching a show as somebody who's never done a show before because there's so much content out there. There's so many shows to compete with. And you say, well, I'm mm-hmm. doing a show of teaching people about podcasting. I'm not competing with very many other shows. Actually, you are. You're competing with the, you know, the civilizations podcast I talked about last week and back to work and the that was good. The it's kind of like hardcore show. history though. Those are so long, but yeah. it was really good. But like I'm competing yeah, with those there. because there's a limited amount of time that people have to listen to stuff. So you are, mm-hmm. com- you're competing with every other podcast out there, not just the ones that are in the same topic group as, as you have. So it's, it's tough. Yeah. There's, there's still only so many hours in a day, but go out and do it. It's fun. Try it. it. Fun. What else was I going to tell you that I wrote down here? Um, <clears throat> I'm going to do a coupon for Fireside right now. You go Ooh. to fireside.fm and you sign up and the promo code is going to, what do you want it to be? You can pick mm. something, whatever you want. I don't care. Mm. Let me go look at my list. All right. Got something uh, good. Make it good. It's got to be good. Like it's got to, it's got to really grab people. Moisture. Moisture it is. M-O-I-S-T-U-R-E, setting up the coupon right now. M-O-I-S-T-U-R-E, one word, moisture. Got it. All right. Very good. I'm, I'll, I'll do it now. <sighs> hmm. Um, speaking of which, mm. would you tell me about something that you like? Oh, heck yeah. I would love to tell you about the feels. 
Feels. F-E-A-L-S. Feels. This is uh, premium CBD delivered directly to your doorstep. Let me tell you about my personal uh, experience with CBD. I started using uh, CBD a few years ago. I had heard that it could help with stress. I heard it could help with anxiety. I heard it could help with sleep. And, uh, and, and I didn't know this at the time, but they say it can also help with pain, whether that's pain from a, a workout or chronic pain or things like that. And I thought I was at the point where I said, I'll, I'll, I'll try this and who knows what it is and how it works, but I'll try it. And I did. And for me personally, it made a huge, huge difference in all the things that I mentioned, stress, anxiety, uh, trouble sleeping, all of these things. And then I started using it after I would go on a workout if I was sore. And it seemed to help a lot with that too. And I was really surprised. And then all, all of this sudden it started, you know, people started talking about it and talking about what it could do and how it could help. And so for me, uh, this just became like a, a regular thing, a regular part of my life. And I had not tried feels before. Uh, what is really cool about feels is that it's it's a premium CBD. You can find CBD at literally like every gas station, every vape shop. I mean, and but I have to be honest with you, that's not the kind of CBD that you want. There are so many differences in quality of, of CBD. You want something that's going to be made with all natural ingredients. You want something that's going to be checked and tested to make sure that the amount of CBD that you're getting is what it says on the bottle uh, and that and that what the CBD is in, this the liquid that it's in is is high quality liquid. I mean, all of these are things that you are, you know, that, that, that you want to pay attention to because this is something you're putting into your body, you know. And the way that it works is it there's a, it has a little dropper and you just put a few drops under your tongue and usually you can feel a difference within just a few minutes. That's been my experience anyway. Also, my experience is you don't really build much of a tolerance to it either. So I'm using the same amount uh, that I was using years ago when I started and it still, for me, has the same benefits. It works naturally. It's there to help you feel better. Uh, to be very clear, there is no high with this. There's no hangover from this. You're not going to to take this and like it's like you 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 know took a hit off a joint or something because there's no THC or the amount of THC is below some really really low threshold. This is not the kind that you'd get if you live in a weed legal state and you go and buy some at the weed shop. This is no THC. It's made from the hemp plant. It's a completely different thing. And, uh, and what's really cool about the way feels works is that there is a membership. You join their community, you get it delivered to your door every month and you're going to save money on every order and you can pause or cancel at any time. And this is super useful. If you, if you get into taking it regularly, like I do, which is the really where you're going to see the benefit of CBD, um, you don't take it one time you can, and it will help, but I mean, it's, it's better if you're get into the groove, you don't want to run out. And that's always the thing is like, oh man, I'm, I'm about to run out. I got to order it. And then it, you go, have to go a week without it. This takes care of that for you. And because you can pause it anytime you want, like it, it's super easy to deal with. So feels is F E A L S feels.com slash back to work. Become a member. You get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Again, the URL to go to feels F E A L S feels.com slash back to work. 
50% off your first order with free shipping. You'll become a member and you'll be taken care of by the amazing people. If you have questions, you can ask them. They've got real people to help. They have a little flight that they can send you that lets you sample the different strengths of it so you know which one you want and which one works best for you because you don't want to take more than you need. Great product, and uh, I've switched. They are now my official CBD brand in my household as well. So thanks very much to Feels for making this show possible. Thanks, Feels. Buck, buck. This uh, Rode pod mic is adorable. Isn't that cool looking? It's so cute. I love it. <clears throat> now, what, why, why, what was it that made you mention that? that it's, is it the fact that it's not... Well, you had asked what's changed. And for me, like you can get this oh, really- Oh, this is the $100 one, It's right? the $100 mic. Oh and it's like, God. it's That's great. Nuts. I would yeah. go back to 2006 when I first started. If this thing had been sitting there in 2006, mm-hmm. come yeah. on. No one has an excuse to buy a Blue Yeti now. Buy a is Blue that, Yeti. Is that the, the <laughs> Blue Yeti? Blue, 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 blue Yeti. You. Th- take your Blue Yeti. Chuck Ooh. it out the, 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 the window if there's oh, no. no one below. I mean, if, okay. you know, I don't want anyone to get hurt. But Should throw it out of the window. Anything? Like sure. yell out the window, let people yeah. know? Four and throw uh, it. What I want our listeners to know, because like, uh, hopefully this will, uh, I'm going to sound really weird because first of all, I'm super tired, but also I can't hear myself. I mean, like you're, you hearing, don't take your own advice. I don't take my own advice. Uh huh. Um, I shouldn't take the cap. Hold it. <laughs> I'm due to watch it, dude. Now I'm gonna have to watch it. Oh, I started watching um, Ford versus Fer- Ford v Ferrari. Have you seen mm-hmm. this? Nope. Uh, it's very reminds me a lot of the Aviator. It's got Batman and the Martian in it, right? <laughs> Batman and the Martian teaming up. Mm-hmm. It's a new, new, <laughs> most ambitious crossover dynamic duo. <laughs> We're gonna have to grow potatoes. Moisture. <laughs> Moisture. moisture everything's moist. moist everything is moist look at all my succulents they're so moist <laughs> <laughs> um you know another good word another one i've learned from um bim bam uh where, where uh, there's a segment where called munch squad where justin reads news from the fast food industry and, and the word they use all the time that makes my skin crawl ready yeah craveable craveable you think that's craveable? I don't approve at all. Cravy gravy. No. <laughs> no. Moist, moist, craveable gravy. <laughs> 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 Oof. Uh, uh, what did I say that was funny there? Um, uh, get it later. Um, so um, can I do some odds and sods that I w- I'd lo- love to clear out? Yes, sir. And we can, if you choose, I think we're, we're, uh, we've uh, settled up with our sponsors for today. We can yeah. go as long as you want to go. Um, we could talk about NV on an iOS and yes. we can talk about OmniFocus. Can I just knock out a few in between? Please do, sir. Uh, I'll go lightning round here. Uh, these are all in show notes. Uh, you can find it at 5 by 5tv slash B2W slash 465. Um, we got talking... Uh, recently, last couple episodes, and we mentioned TED Talks. I don't remember exactly how I ended up on this. I could figure out, but it wouldn't be important. I was talking to my kid about Temple Grandin, what an interesting person Temple Grandin is. Um, And she is a woman who is, to my knowledge, one of the first people uh, to really talk a lot publicly about what it's like to grow up with autism. Um, And... and, uh, 
she's just and now she's an advocate for 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 folks. But but mm. she's best known for um, well, she's known for lots of things. Um, but this check out her TED talk about basically uh, why we need all kinds of different people with different kinds of minds. Uh, it's a really cool presentation, and I recommend the uh, the movie starring Claire Danes. So sh- she discovered that. Oh, is she, this? The, did she come up with a more uh, the more yeah. humane way to with the yeah. cows? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So she she realized, for example, what she realized when she was uh, just finishing high school was that when she would kind of have a freak out, she wanted to be hugged really hard. So she made this machine to hug herself, and she learned she got this idea from watching the cows that get comforted when they're in like a tight pen. Anyway, um, but then like I say, now she's a PhD and a teacher uh, in agriculture stuff, I think, and. Uh, and like I said, she's an autism uh, advocate who's a very interesting person. And the, yeah, Claire Danes is great in the movie too. She's yeah. great. I like her. She's back in Homeland again. They're still Homeland. doing it. Homeland is back, baby. You watching redheaded that? guy still on there? No, the heat went away after a second season, I think. <laughs> no. uh, oh, I do know what made me think of that. My daughter's obsessed with um, Grey's Anatomy. And really? An episode- yeah. <laughs> it's the worst. Um, but um there's a there's an episode of Grey's Anatomy where they have so many interesting guest stars. I, I hadn't I hadn't seen I think seen I think one episode of Grey's Anatomy ever, and just was vaguely aware of it being one of those shows like Supernatural that just will always be on. I guess. Um, <laughs> but uh, there's an episode, and you know who guest starred is the woman whose name escapes me, the president from Battlestar Galactica. Um, you know that actress? Oh. Well, she becomes president. Uh, she's she was the secretary of education, and she's uh, she then because everybody dies, she becomes the president. P a t t l. She has cancer on the show. No, I'm not. I don't know. Hmm. Have you not seen Battlestar Galactica? The new one? No. Whoa, Laura Roslin. Is that something I should should be watching? Should have no. watched. No, you lost. You missed your window. You're done. You're not allowed now. Um, Mary McDonald is the name of the actress and you've seen her in many things. And she plays a doctor who has Asperger's, Asperger's, as I try to uh, avoid saying Asperger's cause I think that's incorrect. Anyways. Uh, so Temple Grandin, check it out. And that's how we ended up going there because she was talking about how she needs to be hugged super, super, super hard when she has a freak out. Oh, I see. Same concept as a gravity blanket. I think, you know, like a weighted blanket. Yes. Oh, let's burn through a couple more of these real quick. Uh, okay, uh, things I want to recommend. I wanted to recommend uh, something in show notes uh, that has been so useful to me. Um, I, I, I've heard Jason Snell and Federico Vitici and other people talking for the longest time about editing podcasts with uh, Ferrite. Ferrite, yeah. Uh, on an iPad. And I've opened it up and played with it, and I, the interface was not super intuitive to me. Well, Jason has done a really good video on his Six Colors site where he talks in particular about, uh, yes, using an iPad, but also, yes, using um, an Apple Pencil. And he walks you through the stuff that I love, the really dumb power user stuff that I love. Walks you through, like, you can see his settings and, like, replicate those. But, wow, there's some things that are so much easier to do. Obviously, there's things that are a thousand times harder to do. But it once you get everything set up and you understand the basic idea, it's pretty great. It's got built-in strip silence. It's got like noise gate. It's got compression. It's got a million things. Anyway, uh, check it out. It's in show notes. Uh, Jason Snell talking about editing podcasts uh, with an Apple Pencil uh, in Ferrite. I mean, it, um, it, I love that there is another option for people now, that it's not just use a computer. 
It's it. We should be able to do that. Any, you know, you have an iPad, you want to record it on the iPad. You can, because yeah, you can plug a USB mic into an iPad. Oh, well you can't edit it there. Got to get well, that to a Mac or PC. Cards with files, which is mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. So if you record thing. on a zoom. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I, um, no, I'm just, it's something I talked about, um, on probably do by Friday, but I'm sort of on the little bit on, on the horns of a dilemma, trying to figure out what to do and when with my computer life, because you know, it's I'm more I'm finally it's getting like it used to be with the old cheese grater where I'm starting to get to the point where I really need to go to Catalina on here. There's more and more apps that are um Yeah, I switched old. finally. Well that's here's my problem though, and this, this gets you to the nut of why I'm watching videos about Ferry mm. and playing with GarageBand, the new GarageBand, and as uh, you were kind enough to send me the logic file for one of our shows so I could right. learn a little bit of logic. So I need to look at an option for what to do next because I could stay with Jave and just be, not be able to run John Syracuse's new app. And so many apps increasingly are, won't run on anything but Catalina. Um, but if I see, if I do update, then I can't use the old version of GarageBand and I definitely need to be up to speed on podcast editing before that goes away. Do you follow? Yes. Cause we'll garage is 32 bit, right? Yes. So it we'll is. run on Catalina. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Um, and that's why, uh, ah, dovetails nicely with the, with my big project is that, um, you know, just getting to do audio things. Finally got new strings and a good setup on my, uh, acoustic and my electric. Everything's, uh, coming up Millhouse. Uh, I'll go fast. Uh, just, just as a teaser here, or a, a sneaky peeky. Mm-hmm. Do you have a, a thing you want to talk about after I finish this? Yeah, I, I do. I have, well, it's a question for you about uh, NV alt and yeah. Oh yeah. Perfect. Okay. So, uh, you know, people are going to scoff at this, but I'm, I don't care. There's an app I learned about. I want to say from Mac stories, but I'm not sure where I saw it. Sorry if I saw it from one of you and it's for almost none of you. It's for almost none of you for one and a half, possibly two reasons, because uh, it's always one and a half to two things with me. Um, it's called Home Plus Four. <laughs> That's very confusing. Home Plus Space Numeral Four. Mm-hmm. The app is called Home Plus. Oh, okay. Okay. So uh, there's two reasons almost none of you are going to want this app. Number one, it's a, it's a wildly improved, so improved version of the Home app for iOS, for, for running your house. Uh, if you do home automation stuff, this thing is wild. It's so freaking good and so tricked out. Reason number one, you don't need it. You probably aren't doing HomeKit stuff. Reason number two, you're super not going to get it, is I think it's $15. Right. Can I get those things out of the way and now talk about how amazing this yes, is? Yes, you've, you've said the bad, now tell us the good. Mm-hmm. Don't email me. Literally, don't email me. Uh, the home app and the home sir home kit service thing stack, eh, you know, eh, it lacks a lot of things. I mean, you know, and it's like anytime Apple does anything with any of their neglected projects, you know, everybody, everybody gets a, gets a wet basement freaking out about how great they are, that they've finally done a thing that everybody else has been doing forever. And eh, whatever. Part of the beauty of the smart home ecosystem is how many things can work together. And when they don't work together, it's frustrating. And Spotify all over again. In this case, a lot of the limitations and uh, oversimplification of home has been greatly improved upon. If you go look at that product page uh, for it, here's one. So, so dumb and obvious. So many more options for icons. 
that sounds dumb, but when you've got a lot of stuff in your house and you're scrolling, right. you want to be able to easily get around. Also, you know how nutty it is that you have to f- first go to an area called rooms and then swipe left to right to go to different areas? Um, with Home Plus 4, you get everything on one page and it's just collapsible with a little arrow. Makes it so easy. That sounds dumb. But now, now for every one of these devices that you have, you can get them, you, uh, you get better, in my opinion, better tiles. Like if you've got stuff like sensors that are telling you, you know, heat, air quality, et cetera, it can show all that on the one badge. Um, and when you, you know, do the long click to click into like change settings for one of your devices, there's a crazy amount of features exposed that are not exposed in the home app. And so some of it is actionable and some of it is just super interesting, but you could tell a lot of them are like, you know, these variables that pop up and stuff. But, um, if you use HomeKit and you want to make it good, oh, Dan, changing stuff, like changing the order of these, like changing some of the groupings of these, it's just such a beautiful app. So if you use HomeKit things and you're frustrated, uh, as I am with, uh, some of the limitations of the home app on iOS, try home plus four. Okay. Beep boop. Home plus four. Yeah. Home plus four. Home plus four. And I think that'll do, what time is it? Yeah, that'll do it for me. Um, come at me. Well, the one question I had for you is, you know, I'm a big Envy Alt fan and then there's the new Envy uh, Ultra that's coming out or is, you know, in beta now that we can't talk about much. But I was curious if, if uh, what you use to access your Envy Alt stuff when you're on iOS, when you're on, on the go, it's a trap i still sorry alex cox i still use editorial Mm -hmm. because i i've i've finally traced i think i finally uh, really traced where the resistance is for me to just walk away from uh editorial and goes straight to drafts for everything Mm because drafts has everything It's, it's so great it's I mean, and even last week, I think partly, according to his Twitter, at least partly motivated by me, he very kindly added the ability to tick off items on iOS, tick off items from a task paper list. Oh, that's cool. The screen. Yeah. But he's got so many things. If you go back and listen to last week's episode or week before last episode, I don't remember when, with uh, Greg from Agile Tortoise, uh, he talked a lot. Uh, We had him on to talk about drafts. Um, But I think I figured it out. And it's this. Um, editorial. But editorial gives you the access to your folder Dropbox. that you can have in, and so it has to be in Dropbox, or can it be in iCloud? To my knowledge, okay. So here's what it comes down to. What it comes down to is, I use Task Paper stuff. I need to be able to pull up Task Paper in the Task Paper app on my Mac. That is the that is the gating factor in this. So what does that mean? Um, that means if I want to keep using editorial on iOS, which still has features that I like, even though it's essentially dead for Mm -hmm. now, Mm -hmm. Um, I can get to my task paper there via Dropbox. Because to my knowledge, editorial does not do iCloud. Now over here, we've got the wonderful, forward-looking, heavily updated, super powerful drafts, Mm. which works on all the platforms. And it syncs incredibly efficiently through iCloud. Mm. But, but to my knowledge, it does not expose the individual files on a Mac, to my knowledge. Okay. So I can't use it in task paper on the Mac. 
because it's all iCloud, no Dropbox. So what do I do right now? I'm just, but, but you know, what's great about this, Dan, is that like, you know, it's like I would say with my, well, you know, people saying like, why do you use three, four, five, six calendar apps? I'm like, well, I don't use all of them every day. Like some of them I'll just click because I like the way it handles months mm-hmm. or Fantastical. I love the way it handles entering events, but you know, I never have to worry about is whether it's synced. That has come so far. Contact yeah. syncing used to be the oh, bane of my existence. So bad. Yeah. I had all these apps. I mean, I told you before about, for example, how I was obsessed with getting all of my exact bookmarks exactly the same on all platforms. That was a great use of my time. Um, I mean, this this is another one. I'm you know I'm always looking for the way to like sort of I don't know the efficient way to handle things. Um, I I just love the fact that like I'll I'll never forget the night the simple note for whatever reason caused me to lose twenty minutes of writing and I, I almost like walked into traffic. I was oh my God. I, I had this terrible dry spell. And I was really struggling with writing this dumb book uh, back in the day. And uh, I had this, I was, I really, I had like, I had a little fire in my pants. It was really rolling. And then something happened, beep boop, and just simply 20 minutes of writing gone. And I, I still feel, even if it wasn't as good as I remember it having been, that, that 20 minute sting mm-hmm. is still on me. Mm. 20 minute sting. Yeah. Um, because so I had, uh, I had I been love using. That I can sync. I can use. You can use IA Writer. You can use any of those. I think. Like you can use any of those. But the thing is, the truth is, I never thought I'd say this, Dan Benjamin. I would so much rather be using iCloud for everything right now, as as we. I think we've officially crossed the point where the value of Dropbox versus the weirdness of them is something that makes everybody look at Apple. And Apple is getting there with baby steps to be able to do all kinds of stuff. But you know what I will say is like the syncing. I hope you agree has come so far. Oh yeah, it's it's seamless and and perfect. And I had been using OneWriter. Do you remember that guy? Sure, yeah, it's um, great. It's and gorgeous. The problem with OneWriter, though, at least as far as I can find, um, is that I I don't seem to be able to sync it to iCloud. And I, I'm sure I'm doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. So if if somebody can please tell me. But the way that I've done this in the past is you you go to the little gear and that brings up your settings. You go to services and then listed under services on my app is Dropbox, WebDAV, Evernote, Cloud App, and Dropler. None of those are iCloud. And I'm not right. using Drop. The only thing that I use Dropbox for now is the one missing feature from iCloud, which is yep. like sharing with other people. So I have like some stuff in Dropbox that other people that I collaborate with, especially like designers, like this is the place where we'll put images and other files that we need to share and get all, all get to easily. And you and I share our audio files with Dropbox. Mm-hmm. Um, everything else is now on iCloud. And I don't, I don't have like, I'm not a files kind of a guy. I don't have a lot of files. So it's minimal. But like, I really would like my notational data stuff, um, you know, the, the NV alt stuff to, to be there so that I can get to it wherever I am. And it's not so much that I necessarily need to, although I do sometimes create notes and things like that on my phone, it's more, I just want to be able to look at them sometimes or like, you know, that's, that's where like I do show notes and things. They're all in NV alt right now. I have an NV alt file open where I'm typing in typing in show titles or other notes as I go along. And wouldn't it be nice to be able to just glance at my phone and see those while I'm editing full screen on my Mac? You know, those kinds of things are really Mm -hmm. handy or being able to go out and be somewhere and look up a note that I made 
forget just creating them, uh, which is also nice, but one writer doesn't seem to do that anymore. So if there's something else that does with iCloud, mm-hmm. I would be very curious to hear about well, that. Well, it, it doesn't, it isn't part of it. God, I'm talking out of my butt here, but isn't, so like y- you must, I'm guessing you have to hew to certain kinds of guidelines if you want to do the sort of iCloud sync that lets you have individual folders, photos, documents, right? Right, right. There must be something that prevents that. Or I, what I had heard back in the day, and I don't know if this is true, but I heard that Dropbox was basically like a shark, a smart shark, which is the worst kind of shark. But on the one hand, um, they figured out, as we've all talked about and been somewhat agape at how they managed to do this, mm-hmm. they somehow managed to sneak their stuff into your Mac, not in a bad way, like you sign up for it and it's great. And you basically create a folder called Dropbox that sits in your home directory and then syncs everywhere. And it's like, I don't know how they got away with that. And I don't know how it worked, but they pulled that off. And supposedly, the other thing they did that's really smart was their, what do we want to call it? Um, SDK, API, all those things. Uh But supposedly they they have, from the, nearly in the beginning anyway, made it very easy to integrate Dropbox into what you do, including all the way down to like just giving you this, supposedly, I don't know, you tell me, but you can get like basically this whole kit that will like make it so easy and they very expose exactly what the API does and the limits, et cetera. But, you know, in a way that certain other companies maybe don't document quite as well these mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever worked with that? Is that true? Is there like is it easy SDK? I really don't know, but I imagine that, that, the reason why Dropbox was so popular is because they made it so easy to integrate all that stuff with, like you were saying, you know, and so it goes hand in hand, making yeah. it being the one, like, first of all, you know, this is another one of those companies that's essentially a commodity. Steve Jobs, I said, I think famously said something like, um, this is a feature, not a company yeah. or something like that. Yeah, exactly. You never have to consider acquiring it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they, like they wanted Blockbuster to. They wanted, could have bought Netflix, <laughs> right? I mean, they basically the understanding that I have of that story is that Apple was interested in acquiring Dropbox because they wanted to use it as a foundation for a lot of the stuff they were doing with iCloud. And of course, this is never. Well, they're they're outstanding uh, me.com service. <laughs> yes, you could send greeting cards and lose files all that's, in one location. Oh, that's right. And Would so, you like I th- to upload your files to our our, our, our web drive. <laughs> Welcome to iWork. Would mm-hmm. you like to upload your document? <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, that was their solution. Another one of those sweet solutions was that the iWork was going to have a website where you could upload a file and then go get it later. It was like something from a a weekend. I don't mean this in a, I'm not slagging anybody here. I am making fun of Apple. It operated about how you would expect like a weekend night class in web development to work. Like, okay, we're going to take this uh, Dreamweaver and we're going to take this, uh, you know, this, um, what's the uh, Microsoft database app? Um, Access. Access. So, you know, Dreamweaver and Access used to work really well together. It's kind of like that. Well, (laughs) now if you want to add a new row to your table, you're going to click here and drag. Yeah. So I'm going to run my business on that. That makes a lot of sense. But anyway, uh, so what is the core of your question in terms of like where you'd like to end up, if I'm hearing you correctly, you want to be, I'd like, I'd like envy alt for iOS. Basically. I just want to be able to oh, yeah. read. I, and I, I think I'm, we're, we're dangerously close to wanting the same thing, which is just for, have, just for iCloud it has to work with iCloud. That's my only requirement. It has to sync with iCloud. 
and mm-hmm. it has to wait. Now we're right back to the beginning in podcasts in some ways. It has to honor my idea of my how I want to use this. Like you know, it, it, uh, a point I try to make whenever I talk about drafts that I hope comes through. I think it comes through sometimes. Is the way that using drafts, um, ironically enough, uh, paradigmatically changes how you think about your uh, words that you make, your content. Right. And why am I saying that? Why am I using these weird terms? Because the beauty of drafts is you turn up in the app, you show up, you start typing. You don't need to know where that is going to end up. When you first arrive in drafts and you have a blank little white square that you're typing into, um, you don't need to know where that's going to go. Now, you, you, that's how you, you used to think, listener. You used to think, oh, I need to send a message to so-and-so. And so you go to the message app and type it because you go to the app where you send it for when you're writer. Right. Oh, I got to send it. It's got to send an email. I open up mail.app. Why? Because you always go to the app that you're going to send it from mm-hmm. to write it. Mm-hmm. And you say to yourself, oh, I know I need to make a note in OmniFocus. And so what do you do? You go to OmniFocus because that's the place where you write down the stuff that you're going to do. Now, this is very difficult to, to really um, comprehend and operationalize. But when you start using drafts, you are going to realize you're going to think so much smarter about where your stuff goes. It, it just, it feels so good to go in and be able to go like, oh, I'm just going to make this little note to myself. I don't need to bug anybody with this. Yes, even texts, even tweets. It's got a, it's got a character count in it that's really useful. Um, I'm not sure what the point of my rant is, but, you know, I do feel like you can look at some apps and really see the taste and feel the, the impression of, of that designer's taste in how this was put together, both in terms of really design at all levels. And I, I really like the idea of being able to use the app that suits me and know that the plumbing and wiring that constitutes how it moves from place to place is totally independent. So mm-hmm. you could have the most editorial, you go into like IA Writer, like a very editorial, there's some very editorial apps in terms, editorial, Boy, this is bad. Namespace pollution. But, you know, just the idea that you can go and use with Dropbox, it's made it easy for you to go and just open it up anywhere and know it's going to sink. If it, if it does fail, it's a failure you can see and understand, unlike a lot of companies. So I think we want the same thing. I, we do. One thing, though, with MVL, part of what makes MVL so valuable to me has to involve, I think, a hardware keyboard. Um. I, I don't know. I mean, like the way that I do stuff in NVAlt is feels so fast and so responsive. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's instantaneous. It's instantaneous. And, you know, iPad and keyboard support has come a long way. Um, there used to be a, bu- not a, a bug, I, I, I want to say, or perhaps an inefficiency mm-hmm. um, in iOS 12 and previous versions, right. where when you were using a Bluetooth keyboard with it, uh, the, the real power move when you're on an iPad with a keyboard is is remembering um, that you can get to Spotlight from anywhere, and you will get from Spotlight to anywhere. It's so fast to go just Command Space, yeah, Command Space, just like on your Mac, on your iPad, and then you're right in the thing and you're typing. Now, if I hit Command Space and start typing, well, obviously for me, I get Launch Bar on a Mac, but if I do that with Spotlight, it's crazy fast. Like it's, you don't have to wait for it to catch up on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It used to be on the Mac, I don't know if you ever noticed this in previous versions with a keyboard, um, you'd hit Command Space and you start typing and it would drop the first, depending on how fast you type, drop the first like two to five letters. Yeah, yep. Where now, guess what? Now you have to wait and look 
It's not no longer a no-look app. And the single greatest gesture for a keyboard, not gesture, but the single greatest trick of using a keyboard with an iPad is how quickly, if you just start typing letters, it's like Quicksilver and you're in, you've changed apps without having to click on your screen. And they finally fixed that. But it, but that builds the habit of going like, ugh, I guess I have to wait when I'm doing stuff with my iPad. You know? Um, I don't know. It's. Uh, do you think that this is a type of app that has... I put this differently. For this sort of app to survive and potentially thrive yeah. in the current ecosystem, what will need to change? What will be different? Is it pricing? Is it features? Is it like subscription versus buy versus ads or like, what do you think if, in terms of the like sort of mid to high end iOS text editing? Well, take it anywhere you want. What do you, what do you think the future is going to hold? Man, I really don't know. I mean, it, it seems like text editors for non-developers now are just, it's just like not a thing anymore. You know, uh, like I feel like we're like hmm. a dying breed or something like that. I like, like you, you turn your phone on, it's got the notes app right there and it's, well, I'll just use that. It's everywhere. It's automatically synced up. Sure. It's on my computer. It's on my phone. I don't know how it gets there. I don't know what it does, but that's where I, <laughs> I type my notes. I don't need to know. I don't, I don't need to know. It just works. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. know. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm trying to evolve too with it. Um, and, you know, it's an old saw of mine, but I mean, you know, like never, what is it I always used to say, you know, um, never organize something you could just as easily throw away. Only mm-hmm. organize things that you know are valuable to you. Like don't put time. So, you know, I, I think about the upkeep of some of the stuff that I do and how much value I get out of it. And um, I still feel like that's the best way. I like notes a lot and it is really ideal for certain situations. Um, so I have two pinned shared notes, for example. I have one called Family Media. Anytime something occurs to me that I think I'd like to show my kid or that, you know, I think we'd all three enjoy, uh, I put on family media. So we have Temple Grandin talk, Amelie, Millennium Actress, maybe Parasite, maybe Bombshell. Mm -hmm. Bombshell's Mm -hmm. so good. That's great. And having that share with everybody is awesome. And as I said before, that's that's super great. For this feature that I don't know how many, I don't know how many people use this feature, but you need to use this feature. The share arrow that lets you send things to any given notes, note, as a really cool card. It's so easy to send stuff to notes. And if you structure your note in such a way that the bottom is where you sort of, if you want to think of it as an inbox, you could think of it as an inverse order inbox, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. The most important stuff goes to the top of the document, less important in the middle, and the most ephemeral inboxy parts go down at the bottom because that's where you're sending it. It's appending from other apps. Right. If you haven't tried this, try it because there's all these different ways where Apple has this stuff squirreled away. If you're looking like, you know, thinking about gifts for your family or your kid for Christmas, send it to the note. Um Send it to the note. Send it to the note. I mean, there's so there's so many. Um, I mean, for example, I wonder how many people know that if you have a capable iPhone um, and you open it up, and let me double check this to make sure I'm not just talking smack. I believe this to be the case. So I'm going to open up a web page in Safari, and it's the New York Caption Contest. Let's see. Remind me about this in two hours. Pokey. <laughs> What's okay, happening? So what that what that did, I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, 
This is an <laughs> iPhone 11 Pro. Uh -huh. I've got 17 megabits up here mm -hmm. and about 600 down. And you heard the amount of time that took. Mm -hmm. But, but <laughs> now that it's an hour later, I'm sure Dan cut out a lot of that waiting. Um, now I can see here on my screen on my iPhone, on my iPhone, it says, uh, I see a reminder that I can tick off. But guess what? I also see the Safari icon because it has added that website to the reminder. Now, of course, because it's Apple and you're not allowed to have anything all the way cool and exactly the way you want, it will very frequently truncate everything after the TLD and the slash, which is super annoying. Like if you're trying to send somebody something extremely specific, sometimes it'll just snip it off and you'll just be at the something.com or whatever. But anyway, features like that. So great. Do you think, last question then, mm. uh, as far as I'm concerned anyway, um, yeah. where, where is, so what, 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 oh, suddenly I'm Jimmy <laughs> the Glick. What, uh, what, 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 it's just after damn Benjamin. What do you, um. What do you think the, the balance is for getting the pay part of this right? Let me ask you this in particular. Do you feel like notes apps that are as open as we'd like them to be right, sure. can be sustainable by charging subscriptions? Like I, a yearly, monthly, or yearly yeah, subscription? I don't is know. That, I, yeah. It seems like subscription is the way that so many apps are going now. And I really get it, especially for iOS, where there's still this huge pushback against people who want to charge for an upgrade. God forbid you charge to add more features to something. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, like I, my, most of what I do these days is, is I run a subscription based application, you know, like that's what I build and that's what I do. Right. And, but the difference, at least the way that I see it is people are paying. I mean, on the one hand, like, the whole idea of using, oh, it's such a weird issue because hmm. in, in the olden times we had, we had software on our computer. So you'd go and you'd buy the computer, you own that and it sits on your desk and then you want to get software for it. So you go and you buy the software and yes, don't bring up license agreements where you're technically, no, you, don't you go, own you it, go but, to the store and buy a box in, 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 in uh, you know, cellophane or whatever, uh, shrink right. wrap, shrink What's wrap, it shrink wrap. Shrink wrap. Um, and you bring it home and you, uh, you got a bunch of discs. Hey, look at this. There's $800. I got all this page maker. It's on right. 16 I've got this discs. Giant manual and all these discs and I have to <laughs> yes. install it onto this computer. And, and then they eventually got rid of the box and the manual and the discs and you just downloaded it and installed it, but you were still paying for the same software. Mm -hmm. And it just, you had it now. It was just right there on the internet. And that was nice because when there was an update or something, you could download that too. And nobody, nobody... Of course, as with today, nobody ever read the terms. No. And in that age, somewhere in the 80s there, we started believing that, yes, when we put down our thirty nine ninety five for that rare piece of commercial software, it's not shareware, it's not freeware, it's not nagware, whatever, that you quote unquote own that software. And I think right. more and more today now, people realize you don't own anything. If you ever read the terms for using a Philips audio CD, you might be very surprised. If you ever read the terms for using Microsoft Word, you would be very surprised. Mm-hmm. There's almost every one of those. What is that that wonderful clause that you see in almost every um, user terms thing? It's something like this: this is not something like this is not deemed fit for any purpose. <laughs> something you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no, it's that I clause. Don't know. It's that clause you see that says, "Hey, we're not saying this does literally anything." Also, we totally own it. 
We can take it back anytime. You've basically licensed this REM record. I, I right. think that's the case with a surprising amount of this stuff. I'm going to go see what I am subscribed to in here, if it will let me. Because it is a little nuts, and it really does sneak up on you. Uh, something I mentioned a million years ago, I uh, I still use, I uh, don't love it, but I still use Mint uh, for look, just, look, you know, kind of consolidating different accounts and looking at, you know, balance stuff and right. bank stuff, credit card stuff. And um, it's... It sucks. But anyway, I still use it. Um, but one thing that's amazing in there is um, make a habit of going in every month or two and start noticing if anything's uncategorized, untagged, because it has categories and it has tags. So you can go in and there's some generic name for like online subscription or whatever. But then I always tag that with recurring cost. And basically anything that auto renews. And so this would not include my power bill. But it would include uh, my subscription to Flighty, Live Flight Tracker. Oh, yeah. Which I don't super need um, because I don't travel that much. But if you go in and tag all of that stuff, any kind of recurring expense, um, you know, you can create a tag called web subscription or something. Go in and look at a report of what you spent in the last two years on um, recurring things. It's pretty wild for yeah, me. Yeah. Because it all sneaks up. What was you know, $10 here, $10 there? It charges at different times. I'm subscribed to uh, Fantastical, Tile, iTunes Match, First Light, Flighty, uh, Guardian. Yeah. The, what, what I was going to say was the, the, the difference between that application that you bought and are using on your computer that you f- at least feel like you own. Yeah. Versus something, see, because like for most people, their iPhones or Android phones or whatever, their their smartphone, it is a secondary device, not a primary device. Whereas most people, the computer is their primary computing device. They might have an iPad mm-hmm. that's there. Like my wife's primary computing device is is not our iMac. It's it's her iPad, iPad Pro that she's had. So for her, it's a little bit different. But for most people, the iPad and the phone or the tablet and the phone, these are secondary devices that people are using, not mm-hmm. primary. So the idea that you would pay a bunch of money for an app that you're only going to use sometimes on your secondary device, right. it's harder for people to be okay with that, it seems. I'm not. I'm okay with it, but it seems like a lot of people, there is, there is more frustration associated with that. And if you look at the apps that you have on your phone, at least for me, there's only a few apps that I really use on a regular basis. I use mail. I use the mobile Safari. I use messages. Now I've got a couple other apps that I use, but like there's one app that I use uh, probably four or five times a week called seconds. And this is an app that helps me do a hit workout on my rower. Right? So I bought that app and I bought it because I use it pretty much every single time that I row, I use that app. So it makes sense for me. But then Mm -hmm. I have a bunch of other apps that I've paid for that I might only use once a month or once every few months even, you know, uh, or, or apps that I just don't get a lot of use out of. And so of course, maybe I would want a new feature, but would I pay $5 to upgrade to that, to, to that new version of the app just to get the feature? Well, probably not because the one mm-hmm. that I have does the stuff that I need. Well, that sucks if you're the developer of that app because you've come out with a new version. You're trying to get people to use it because it's better and you put a lot of time and money into it and maybe it's mm-hmm. even your full-time job. And there's a lot of people like me are like, well, the one I have is fine. 
Yeah. So what do they do? Discontinue the old one? Well, that right, would right. really That's, suck. It's, it's something we've talked about where I'm sure there, there must be a name for this. I'm just going to call it the iPad problem, which is that um, a lot of people bought, I feel like, I, I'm, I'm just guessing, but I think this, I've, I've found something like this to be true. A lot of people bought iPads eh, when it came out in 2010. Yeah. A lot of people bought them five, six years ago. Like by 2015, people were like, ooh, these are cool. This little mm-hmm. mini one, wow, that's yeah. great for my kid. I'll just put that in a rugged case and we're good to go. Um, before the iPad Pro, what was the one? Uh, what was the one that you gifted me? The uh, not an iPad Pro, but an iPad Retina. No, what was it called? Oh yeah, but the one that preceded the yes, iPad Pro. Yes, yes, yes. And you kindly gave me as a one. I, re- I recall that. Um, and but even like by that time, it was really maturing. Now, when iPad Pro came out, I think it's a bummer that people were so used to thinking of this as a thing your kid watches movies on. Mm -hmm. Because iPad Pro, wow, I'm telling you, man, we could never have seen Ferrite coming. The fact that there is a garage band that's so good on iPad, it's nuts. But why do I say the iPad problem? Because a lot of the iPads that people have are good enough Mm -hmm. and they are fine for doing lots of pretty minor stuff where they don't need more power for what those people need. So they don't see a need to run out. And if it falls and shatters, and I don't think most people, well, they're certainly not going to have Apple Care Plus, most of them. And that would be expired anyway, unless they, again, subscribe to the new Apple Care that you can subscribe to, like insurance. But are they going to go into the Apple Store and buy a new iPad? I mean, that could be some serious sticker shock for most people. So I don't know. I I guess all I'm trying to say is I speculate, I would speculate that because the iPads were pretty great by 2015-16, I don't think people are running to chase those like premium phone users. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know. And so then introduce the concept of um, a subscription that you pay for. Mm-hmm. And that's even tougher. Like I pay for this subscription to use um, some of the Adobe products that we use yeah, here. Yeah, I do too. I, I've got Lightroom. Yeah. So there's Lightroom and you do the same thing with Photoshop or Illustrator. And we Mm -hmm. use the heck out of those. Um, And so they're still all really good apps. They're still really good apps and they're, but they're expensive. You know, it Mm -hmm. it costs a lot of money to use it. And again, how often am I using Photoshop personally? Not that much, but it's the Mm -hmm. only way to get the app. Like there are people like our friend John Syracuse who are like, well, it doesn't matter how often I use this. This app is so inside my brain, inside my bones, inside the fibers of my body. This this is the app for doing this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And regardless of how often or not I use it, this is the one it has to be, which right. I get. I know that's weird, but I do get that. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, and yeah. that's how it is. Like uh, Photoshop is a perfect example of that. If you use Photoshop and that's your jam, like you're just going to have to but pay it for it. It can also get so confusing. If you do want to venture into these waters, you're going to have to sort out a lot of things about, you know, what kinds of sharing, you know, on family stuff is going to work. You know, look at what, uh, what you uh, just went through. Um, fantastic. How the big desktop they had because of the somewhat complex way they handled pricing up features and upgrades. And, and I think they really did the best they could, but they were in a tough spot. Anytime you've got people where you've got the iPad problem, where your app is so good, all you have to do is update support for it on new iOS versions, right? Right, right. I think there are probably apps that are kind of like that, but Fantastical wanted to like really, it's more than a new coat of paint. They did a whole bunch of stuff with Fantastical. But either way, one way or another, there's no way for that person 
to make a living for themselves right. if they only charge you two ninety nine once. And so, you know, I, I, I really, I really understand that this sounds fancy, but uh, there's certain kinds of folks that I like giving money to. And one of them is developers. Like I feel good about people who make apps or services getting paid. Especially um, like in, independent people who are working yes. hard on building a thing. Like, like again, not to go, you know, blow smoke up Greg's skirt, but Agile Tortoise, man. Or, or for that matter, you know, um, I mean, there's all these indie shops. There's, of course, there's Panic. I'm a big fan of um, what's called Mini Tricks, the company that does um, Witch and the Switcher. Um, you know, there's just, there's so many, or little John Syracuse with his cool new app that only runs on Catalina. Um, Gus at Flying Meat. I'm going to leave people out here. I want to thank the Academy. I want to thank God. I want to thank Cable Sasser. He mm-hmm. has such a sweet smile. It just warms up the room. <laughs> Did I thank God already? Okay, they're playing me off. Um, yeah. Or, you know, okay, more like, uh, like okay, so on the iPad, <laughs> you should see what my kid is doing on the iPad. It is B-na-nas. Uh, mostly in Procreate. But she's 12, and she's using the, the poop out of layers. She does stuff with layers, and she's doing stuff now with blends. She just grabs the Apple Pencil and her iPad and, like, is doing the most amazing stuff so apps like Procreate make that possible. Apps, apps like Pixelmator, you know, any of those. The wonderful independent camera apps, those are all so exciting. But, like, your phone's going to suck unless there's apps for it that are good. Yeah, yep. And on some level, a rising tide raises all boats. There's not going to be another one of those Scott Bourne, you have to, this app costs $10,000 so you can show how fancy you are. There's not going to be a lot of tricks like that. Mustaches, beer, Drinking beer app. Remember the drinking beer app where it looks like you're drinking a beer? You turn your iPhone and the accelerometer. Oh, yeah. It looks like you're drinking. Isn't that hilarious? Yeah. It's just funny. What about the mustache? You like the mustache? Yeah, it's the best ever. Virtual mustache, fart noises, fart noises. You like that? Yeah, that $1,000 fart app. If there's not somebody somebody out there or some continuing fresh supply of people who are pushing forward with making the kind of stuff that get people excited about this platform and buying its hardware... If we don't continue to bring people in based on buying the hardware based in part on what's available in the software, that should be such a marquee feature. That shouldn't be like an afterthought. And, you know, OmniFocus, 1Password, uh, where do I begin? This is, there's just so many, there's so many apps that I'm really happy to pay for. And I don't know how many people are still like that. Understandably. What are you going to do? What can you do? Who'd listen? Do you think that the next step will be um, pay per use? Like <laughs> like a quarter in the yeah, like bed. like you don't have to sub- yeah, like you don't have to subscribe to use an application, you know, because maybe you only use it a few times a, a day or a year or a month or whatever. So maybe you just pay every time that you want to use it. You know, you pay a dollar. And you get it for that day. And then the next day, it's That's a very interesting, it's like hoteling almost. Yeah. Because I am, excuse me, I'm neither an economist nor a businessman. So there's a ton of things I just don't understand. But I am from uh, Florida, so I'm always willing to speculate. Right. Um, So like one thing that happens that I think I get, even though I don't know if it's the smartest thing. So like you go out and you have an app. And, you know, it used to be back in the day, a million years ago, you'd have a, you'd have a free version and a pay version. So you'd have like uh, Dingus Boy Pro and Dingus Boy Lite. Mm-hmm. 
and maybe, I don't know, maybe to share where you do whatever. But something that's happened, you know, especially in the last few years, I feel like is, first of all, everything on the App Store needs to be free to get, generally. And then you're supposed to do in-app purchases. That's, that's the idea. Or, you know, you could download a demo from their website and see if you like it for 10 days or whatever. But you're somewhat, how can I put this? You're limited in terms of limitations, if that makes any sense. Okay. I mean, one thing you can do, the, the most obvious thing to do that seems the most sensible is that we have this app, okay? And there's stuff that it does, and it does really well. And a lot of that may be stuff that other apps do in different ways. But we have these two or three features that nobody else has, and at least in this way. And let's be honest, this is the thing that really differentiates our product. You know, so for me with Ferrite, there's so much in Ferrite. Now I'm not against the site, happily paid for Ferrite. But if you don't pay for the pro version of Ferrite, you're not going to be editing podcasts on there. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I I absolutely, I think, understand why they do that. If they, they're saying we made this thing and our unique value proposition is, is wrapped up in this app and these features. Um, and so you're going to have to pay for that. But if you can't use the thing that makes this the greatest app ever for this, how different is that from putting all your podcasts and articles behind a paywall? Well, how will I ever learn to love you, New Yorker, if you've locked up all your articles? Well, you don't. Yay. Also, I do pay for that. Right? Does that make sense? Yes. Kind of? Um, kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's a crazy time. Pay mm. per use a dollar. You want to you want to tweet? You can pay a dollar a tweet. What are the other ways you can pay? You can pay to. So basically, you can say you have to pay to get these premium or pro features. That's all over stuff like Ferrite. Mm -hmm. What's another idea? Time limitation. Here's a demo. And it's full featured. If you put in this code, it's full featured for, what, 30 days usually? Yeah. And then you can buy it for, let's say, 49 bucks. Right. If we're making that's, up a notion, That's how app. it worked when I when I just got set up with OmniFocus, both on well, if the you're gonna Mac sell, and iOS. If you're going to sell an app to a person in this day and age, in this economy, you're and it's a pro-style app, um... I don't know. I don't know how you get around not having the features in there. Do people still do, I mean, do people still do cereal box and stuff like that? You think, you think? Sorry, you're not going to know what that means. There used to be a thing called cereal box and cereal box was uh, this really cool little, um, God, something we used to have <clears throat> a reader yeah. Where basically you could have a text file that's formatted in a certain way, and then you could read read it in this like three panel view. Do you remember that? No, I'm not like se oh, not, that. what was uh, what was the famous one of those? Um, oh, oh God, the old Apple one of those the tidbits was it tidbits that used to be in that format. Anyhow, but it was full of serial numbers, and it would get updated every month with new serial numbers for commercial software. Is that something kids still do? You still got the the crackers and the and the serial people. That must still exist. I'm sure it exists somewhere. Mm -hmm. Overseas. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. It's, it's complicated times. I hope everything stays uh, the same forever. That'll happen, right? Just nothing ever changes again? Sure. You can yeah, count just, on that. You know, like just you and me. Just here, man. Just like, yeah. just snapshot. This, I mean, this won't this. change. This is this. Yeah. No, this won't change. This won't change. Are we going to charge people for this? Yes. Okay. Will they get to use our pro features? If they if they subscribe, yeah. Hmm. And and uh, and tell should they tell their friends about it because it really helps people discover the show. Yes, that's the only way to help people discover. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, uh, our thanks to Fields for sponsoring this episode of Thank uh, you, Dan Feels. But Thank you, Fields. Bok, bok. And um, let's put out this episode. What do you say? Yeah, why don't Should we just it? do it? Why don't we just do it? We'll just do, do, do the same thing except to, to the gophers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's button this up. I love All you. Right. Love you too, Merlin man. Bear wolf.